I'm gonna cut that out because that's awkward. Uh, I'm trying to think even in the framing. It'll probably be above us. <laughs> All right. Oh man. There okay, you go. I'm slow. <laughs> no, I'm gonna start that again. <laughs> this is really bad. Still, see after like 50 times of doing it. Hey, good morning, Cedar Valley. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here at the church, and I'm joined with Amanda this morning. Hi, guys. And we're here to kick the service off. If you're new um, to Cedar Valley, we're so happy that you're listening and you've joined in. There's lots of ways to do that. Facebook, Instagram, or you can sign up for our church email too at cedarvalley.ca. And what's really exciting right now with our uh, stuff we're trying to communicate as best we can is our fall plan for what church will look like, what faith is going to look like, faith development at home, uh, or some of the events we're doing, and what our community involvement is going to look like as a church. One of the things that we're doing this fall is reconnecting face-to-face, -face, and that's so exciting, especially for all the things that we missed out in this spring. It's been a really long time. So. Um, on Saturday, um, September 26th at 10 a.m., the women are gathering, so please sign up. Uh, we're gonna have just a simple coffee time with fresh cinnamon buns and fruit and just a chance to see each other safely. And we really want you to be here. And one of the big important things for all of our in-person events right now is to make sure that you sign up ahead of time. You can register uh, because we wanna make sure that we know who's coming, how many people are coming, and that we can keep the events safe for everybody. Yes. So for the women's event, there's two ways that you can RSVP because it will be a maximum of 50 people. You can email um, Gail's email, you'll see it up here, or you can phone um, <laughs> Dixie and uh, RSVP that way if it's easier for you. Yeah, so that's uh, Dixie's phone number 604-826-8167. And Gail's email is gvdirksen at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll make sure you can get that. Uh, or just email the church and we'll make sure that we get you connected with that. Another one we're really excited about is uh, going back to in-person worship services once a month so that we can make sure we can do it well and safely. And what we're going to be doing is starting that on October 4th. Yes. And we're doing three services at 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30 because we want to make sure there's room for everybody to come out and have fun and worship and pray together and learn together. So keep your ears open for that. We don't have the registration posted just yet, but it's going to be on our website. We're going to make sure it's as easy to do as possible, but you got to sign up ahead of time as well. We really want to be here for you. So if you have any prayer requests or if you need any help, just come on over to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and there's places there that you can request help or prayer requests, and we'd love to do that for you. We also have a great prayer team here at the church, a prayer chain, so whenever prayer requests do come in, we like to send that off to people who've signed up and committed themselves to praying together. And if you want to be part of that as well, you can find that on the website, cedarvalley.ca, sign up for the prayer team and just bring up the needs of our community to God. All right, we're gonna get started here with some worship. Follow along with the lyrics on this screen and worship together with us. And after that, Amanda, right here, <laughs> is bringing a lesson for the kids. Uh, it's gonna be pretty fun. Uh, you got a little teaser of what it's about? Well, um, it's about the church and it's about change. So two words that start with CH, so watch for that. All the kids learning how to read and um, just watch for some changes that you might notice during the lesson. Ooh, Easter yeah. eggs, yeah. Can Easter eggs. That's an Easter egg. Not an Easter weekend kind of Easter egg, but like if there's a hidden thing. Oh, yeah. right, yes, during the lesson. <laughs> and Pastor Rob is continuing along in our series on transition as we look as a church uh, about what really the future is gonna be like for Cedar Valley, what God has in plan for us, how he wants us to be in uh, the community of mission, uh, and today, specifically, we're talking about Lamanda's bringing us the kids' lesson for Rob's taking on the adult side of change, what change looks like for church, what change looks like for our faith, and with the world changing rapidly around us too, how do we tackle that well? So uh, stay around for that. But before we head into all that, if you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, head over to the comment section, just on the panel on the side there, uh, and get ready to answer this question. What is one of the funnest or weirdest or quirkiest, like one of the most exciting changes you've experienced in your life. Amanda, what's one of the funnest changes you've experienced in your life? Well, there's been lots of changes, but one of the things that I think I've enjoyed the most is changing provinces. I used to live in Ontario for most of my life, and then about 10 years ago, I moved to BC. But my first experience with BC was when I worked at Camp Homewood, 
and it was the most surreal experience. I couldn't believe how beautiful the mountains were, the oceans were, the whale in the harbor, getting to do all these outback things and all the fun people. I fell in love with BC right away. So that was a pretty cool change. Awesome. So you went from like just right in the heart of the East area, Ontario, all the way to West Coast vibe, tiny island. I loved it. It Sweet. was the best. Nice. And I uh, grew up skiing which is pretty fun. My parents put me through lessons. I enjoyed that a lot, but then I saw snowboarders and I was like, they're so much cooler. <laughs> so I started snowboarding for a while and that was a really fun change until I became a little bit more mature and adult again. And then I realized like actually skiing is more practical and you can go further and faster. And it started looking cool too. So I switched it's back. It's still cool. You know what? I really, <laughs> I think you made the right choice there. Yeah, yeah we did that. That was a good change. Right. So <laughs> head over to the comment section, Cedar Valley. Let us know what fun changes you've experienced and we're in for a great service. church family. Thank you for being with us today. We're looking forward to singing with you.
kids, it's Amanda here. I'm William Jack and Stella's mom. Hi guys. Anyways, I'm going to be giving the kids lesson today and we're going to be talking about two things, the church and change. So watch out for those two things. When I was a little girl, we used to do this fun thing. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Here are the doors. Here are the people. Hey Grant, you want to come and help me? See if he can do this as good as I did. Uh, this okay. is the first time. All right, so you gotta put your fingers like this. Here are the church, here's the steeple, here are the doors, and here are the people. Do you guys wanna hear the people sing? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can try that at home, it's pretty fun. Thanks, Grant. Um, did you guys know that the church actually isn't a building? No, it's not. I know that's really weird because we always go to church and we think of the church as a building, but the church is you and me. It's believers, people who follow Jesus. But if you think about it, people who follow Jesus have been meeting in buildings, all different types of buildings all over the world. You can think in Europe of these huge cathedrals that took thousands of years to build. We can think of people in Africa who meet in open air huts. We can think of some people here in North America that gather in schools. There's all different types of places that people meet in church, but the church is not the building. The church is people, you and me, and we make up the church. When the church first started, um, probably about 2000 years ago. So after Jesus left, 
he sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit filled up believers and that's when the church started. And those people, that was a brand new thing. People would just be friends that would tell other people about Jesus. They're like, hey, did you know that Jesus loves you and died on the cross for you? Follow me. They would be Christians and they would meet in a, not a church, no. They would be friends. They would come over to each other's houses. They would eat meals together. They would pray together. They would go help other people together. And that's really what the church is. So as a church, we gather. It doesn't necessarily mean if we're in a building, but we're together and we have a purpose from God. When we gather together as believers who follow Jesus, we gather to worship him. Jesus loves when people who love him get together and worship. We can worship by singing songs, by helping each other, by talking about what God has done in our lives. Those are all ways that we can worship. Another purpose for the church is to nurture and edify. Those are kind of big words, but what it means is the church's purpose is to help each other so that we can help each other in our times of need and also to edify, which means teach. It's really important for us as Christians to know what God says. So studying the Bible and learning about what God has taught us there, that's part of what we do at church. The third thing that we do at church is we reach out to a suffering world. If we look all around us, there's people hurting and it's our job as a church to help them and to meet their needs and to tell them about Jesus's love for them. Have you noticed that the way we're doing church has changed? Look at us, we're sitting in our living rooms watching TV for church. It didn't used to be like that before. We used to come to church, dress up in our nice clothes, and now we can hang out in our PJs and watch TV and eat popcorn for church. A lot of things have changed in our world recently. What are some things that have changed? Well, we can't go to the US anymore. Schools have changed. Our sports teams aren't gathering like they used to. Going shopping looks really different. Now everybody has to wear a mask. Our world is changing everywhere. In the Bible, the wisest man in the world wrote a book and it's called Ecclesiastes. And if you get a chance, I recommend that you read Ecclesiastes chapter three. And it goes through and he talks about how there is a time for everything. Everything changes and there is a time for change. In the beginning of this chapter, it says there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest. And it goes on for about five more verses talking about all the different times there are for things to happen. So we know that time is all about change. Our world is all about change. So not only have things like COVID-19 changed our world, there's lots of things that are constantly changing. What do I have in my hand here? Found some leaves in my yard this morning that don't look the same as they did a couple months ago when they were so beautiful and green. Now they're beautiful and brown and orange and yellow. And where I grew up in Ontario, some of these maple leaves turn so bright red that the whole forest looks like a painting. It's beautiful. So you know what, when you guys are out um, driving around in the next few weeks, look for all the different colors that are changing. It's pretty cool. Our world is always changing. Things are always changing. Our bodies change. Babies when they're first born are so little. And then think about your dad, how big he is. He used to be a little baby, he changed. Our minds change. Sometimes, you know, we might like Oreo cookies and then we might change our mind and be like, no, I like chocolate chip cookies better. So things are constantly changing. Towns change, countries change, plants change, everything changes. But guys, guess what? There's one thing that doesn't change. God never changes. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, in Malachi, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. And in the New Testament, it says in Hebrews, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we know that God never changes. And when things all around us might seem scary, they're changing, we can trust that Jesus never changes. But more importantly than that, his love for us never changes. We can rest assured that 
no matter what happens, God's love for us will never stop. God will never stop being good. He will never stop keeping his promises. We know that he has a plan for us. That's not going to change. He has a purpose for our lives. That's not going to change. Do you know that if you're really, really good, you can't make God love you more. And if you make bad choices and you aren't good, you can't make God love you less. God's love for you never changes. So kids, when you're looking around at this world, COVID-19 has changed things. Our church has changed. Our schools have changed. When you notice the leaves on the trees changing, remember that God's love for you never changes because God never changes. That's pretty cool. That's all for now, kids. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Hey, good morning, Cedar Valley Church. Uh, there's a saying, where there is uh, smoke, there's fire. And we're all breathing lots of smoke these days. So I thought before we go any further, uh, I would pray for our friends in the States who are being uh, smoked out, but they're living with the fires and uh, the loss of life, loss of homes, etc. But I also even heard on uh, CBC radio yesterday that in Brazil, in the wetlands of Brazil, in a particular area of that country, there's fires aplenty, 10 times the size of the ones they're experiencing in the US these days. So if you'll join me before we even start, before we dig into the teaching for today, we're just gonna pray, okay? Father God, we are mindful of our US friends, not just because we're breathing the bad air that they've been breathing for a while, but mostly because they've suffered the losses they have. We've been talking about losses and change, and boy, were it not for you, I don't know where I would turn. To friends, to family, but in the end, as I'll talk about today, to you. When I don't know where things are going, it is enormously comforting and a source of peace to know that you know where things are going. You are in charge of everything. So we pray, Father, that you'd bring healing to our U.S. neighbors, that you would be uh, their peace, that they would, in their grieving, turn to you over their losses of life and, and property and health. And for us, Father, who are breathing that air, that you would heal us as well, that you would cleanse our air, that uh, sooner than later, um, the smoke would die because the fires have died, both in the United States and in Brazil, as I mentioned before I even prayed. So, Father, we choose to trust you with those things and um, look forward to a time where we can breathe better. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. So, part two uh, of a two-part teaching at this point. And maybe I should explain what we mean by road trip before we go any further, if it wasn't clear from last week. We are in a season ourselves at Cedar Valley of of an adventure, and that's how we're framing it. As uh, much loss as there's been and grieving around that, as much change as we're going into, we are inviting uh, you, church family, us as staff and leaders into this adventure, this road trip of what God is leading us into in these next months and next season. Hence, road trip. So we're packing it up, packing it in. Not packing it in, we're packing the car. Anyway, you'll get it. The metaphor will explain itself, no doubt. So let me start with this, though. Do we, do we believe, particularly after we prayed what we just prayed, do we believe that Father God is at work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose? This is a text, of course, you might remember from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Do we remember the story of Joseph? How God transformed the evil his brothers meant against him and, and how that ended. As Joseph said to them, and I'm quoting from Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. And what was that? The saving of many lives. Do we remember the story of Paul and Silas arrested and flogged and thrown into jail? 
what, like, what good could come of that? Well, uh, thanks for asking. An earthquake popped the prison locks and everyone's shackled hands were then unshackled at the same time. Interesting. Uh, the prison guard actually went to kill himself thinking that he let all of these inmates escape only to be talked out of killing himself by those very same inmates who stayed, which had this curious effect actually of changing the guard's heart and mind so that he believed in Jesus and was saved. And then there's like the story of stories. God came to earth whose name is Jesus. He was crucified, died, and was buried for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing of creation. Or as Tom Mackey of the Bible Project puts it, he came to get the hell out of humanity. But what the religious leaders of that day and the governance of the Republic who had killed him did not see coming was that his resurrection was what it was from the dead, an appearance to more than 500 people. Take that sin and death. Do we believe that Father God is still at work for good, even now in this pandemic? Well, I choose to believe that he is. It is the hope I have at the end of the grief cycle we looked at last Sunday, from denial to anger, to bargaining, to depression, and then on to acceptance. This is a slightly different graph than I shared last week. Might be a little clearer. So let's look at it again very briefly. This cycle can help us understand what we've been feeling and how we've been processing the losses within these days of pandemic. I used it last week as, the, as a diagnostic tool, but also as part of our remedy, our healing as this representation of the grief cycle illustrates, from left to right along the bottom axis, talking about the cycle is itself an act of communicating and informing, of giving us a sense that it's, it's kind of normal to work through these kinds of stages when we experience loss. We also talked about the ways in which we might offer emotional support from staff and from each other, and uh, from a professional healthcare giver if we're stuck uh, in depression. And then in the end, that we will receive guidance and direction and hope in our relationship with Father God. For me, it has meant choosing and choosing again and choosing again to trust the God whom I love, who was working out good things for us, even in the midst of like a colossal amount of uncertainty. So let me ask you this question. What good things has God worked out in your life these days of COVID? Here's a bunch for me to give you a sample size of uh, what I'm asking you to consider. Um, work at a time when work has been hard to find working with a patient and generous and supportive people, working towards wondering together what Father God is up to at Cedar Valley Church at such a time as this. It's meant a slower life, a life with more margin in it, a life that has given me more space and time to read the Word of God, to connect with my wife, to connect with my kids, to connect with some good friends. There has been an unlikely homestay with my son and his now wife for the month of April. April, pardon me. That's April with a P, not April with a B. Who'd have thought that my son would ever sleep in his childhood room again? Who thought we'd get a whole month together with our daughter-in-law to be? But this pandemic forced them from their Ontario location mid-March. An early return home by my daughter Kaylee from Columbia Bible College. Again, who'd have thought we'd ever have both our kids at home for another season being empty nesters only just a year ago? Quiet, safe, bubble time with my best friend and partner for life. Jackie and I have been able to spend a ton of time with each other and it's, it's been a joy. 
And that's not just the ice cream talking. And of course, a time to think about what's important. Early on in the days of COVID, we were all forced to drop certain things from our lives, right? Then and now and still yet then, we have a chance to think about what we're going to add or not add back into our lives. What will make the cut in our priorities? Which leads me to my second question. What good things might God work out in the life of Cedar Valley Church these days of COVID? Now, this question has two edges, really, for us. Change as it relates to COVID and change that we will create because we're in a season of transition. Like my friend Ron, we are all being forced to make changes in our lives with regards to this pandemic. We're forced to make these kinds of changes. In the early days of COVID, Ron, ever creative and ever subtly challenged the, challenging the status quo, wanted to take his wife out for dinner. But there were no sit-down options available at that time, even at fast food restaurants. So here's what Ron did. That's right, adapting to change for him meant loading up his pickup truck with chairs and table to create his own outdoor dining experience, which as you see here, he rather enjoyed mm, Mexican. Well done, Uncle Ron. What has this pandemic season revealed about how we do ministry at Cedar Valley Church? And how, like my friend Ron, have we adapted? Well, it seems to me and others that this season has given us a chance to look at a number of things at Cedar Valley Church, things that lots of churches are looking at these days. And here are some of them. Ministry is building-centric here at Cedar Valley, as it is in a lot of churches, because most churches are still stuck in an attractional model of doing church, meaning a come-to-us, come-to-the-building philosophy of ministry. Let me ask you, what happened when we couldn't meet for Sunday morning worship? Was the church closed? Well, it depends on how you look at it, right? If the church is the building, then it was kind of closed for a time, now slowly reopening. But if the church is the people, which it is, then we were never closed. The question isn't, when can we get back to church? The question is, and should be, how are we being the church in our community? This season of pandemic has forced us to ask this question, actually. It's a good question to ask out of a bad situation. Secondly, currently thriving churches had a thoughtful, unifying, missional, neighborhood-centric, COVID-pre-existing small group ministry. Small groups were the cake. The Sunday morning worship services were the icing. Staff are barely aware of the small groups that pre-existed COVID here at Cedar Valley Church. Visitors to the church, who, by the way, increasingly make their first visit to church online, wouldn't know that the church has any small groups because none are listed online. Even now, as we soft launch our own bubbled, missional, neighborhood-centric small groups, staff is waiting to hear from you to let us know who's forming Groups where and with whom so that we can loop that information back to you. So please send it our way. Thirdly, healthy churches have a healthy balance between inward and outward reaching ministries. Based on the staff's spring audit of the church's ministries here at Cedar Valley, 80% of the ministries are inward reaching Ministries designed by us for us. This coupled with the fact that so many folks are related in this church has resulted in a predominantly inward focus. Now, this isn't all bad. It's good that you care for one another. It's good that you have formed solid faith-supporting friendships. It's good that you have been at church whose kids have grown up here. Here's the problem, though. To quote church consultant Tom Rayner from his book, Autopsy of a Dying Church, 
dying churches focused on their own needs instead of others. They looked inwardly instead of outwardly. Their highest priorities were the way they've always done it and that which made them the most comfortable. Members of these dying churches weren't willing to go into the community to reach and minister to people. They weren't willing to invite their unchurched friends and relatives. They weren't willing to expend the funds necessary for a vibrant outreach. They just wanted it to happen without prayer, without sacrifice, without hard work. And this from pastor, author, and leadership coach, Carrie Newhoff, when you're not praying for, investing in, or hanging out with unchurched people, your leadership conversations become about personal preferences, not biblical principles. And when your church becomes all about your personal preferences, you lose the mission. So, how are we adapting? What are you being invited into? What's our road trip? Right now, it's online ministry, church at home, and faith at home, which we're developing. It's missional, neighborhood-centric, small groups. It's reaching out with our building and from our building into our immediate geographical neighborhood. All of this good work that's emerging out of tough circumstances. This is how we are adapting, but we are also taking on new challenges and new changes then. Because as the prophet Isaiah said, describing how God works, and this is in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through to 19, this is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So remembering and celebrating the past. But then Isaiah goes on to say, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Remembering that Isaiah wrote these things at a time when Assyria was expanding and Israel was, was declining. Words for then and words for now in a country where the church is on the decline and its impact matching that. Or in the words of Jesus, new wine into new wineskins. Jesus taught and he embodied a new way to be in relationship with God, a contrast to the old religious teachings. In effect, Jesus was saying, what new things has God up to and how will you join him in those new things? You see, the gospel never changes, but how we share it should always be evolving to reach the culture that is evolving around it. But change is difficult, albeit less for some and more for others. And here's what it can look and feel like. Described here as the change journey. Look familiar? <laughs> it looks a lot like the Kubler-Ross grief cycle, doesn't it? I don't think that's an accident there. The what that you see pictured to the far left here are the changes that we are looking to create out of this transitional seasons or season. Clarifying our vision, making our governance as effective and as efficient as possible, and hiring a new lead pastor. Like all three of these challenges, though, uh, will be all three of these changes will be pretty challenging for us to process. We may resist these changes at first, as we see here, right? With the challenges presented, we might feel fear or loss or depression because of all the uncertainty as we see pictured here and here. It's my hope though that with time and prayer and understanding and no doubt some sacrifice, we'll move together in acceptance and in the learning of new 
ways, new wine for new wine skins. My challenge and encouragement to you, church, then, is to be mindful that we might experience some of these feelings that we have pictured here and thoughts as they're represented in this change journey graph. To go to Father God in prayer for hope and strength, to ask questions of each other with respect, to lay down our preferences for the sake of the mission that we are called into, and to adopt a posture of learning and anticipating what good work Father God is up to that we might join Him in. Here is one thing I've noticed about change. The more change we create, the more change we seem able to handle when it happens to us. It's like working out the change muscle makes us more change resilient. So we're on a road trip. We've packed the car. We are going places we have never been before. A pandemic has forced us into making some of those changes, and we are looking to make some changes of our own to be as healthy as we can be as a church by joining Father God in the work, the good work He is doing and those good things He has set out in advance for us to do with Him. So let's do this. Let's pray. Father, I, I'm glad that you see us and know us all. I'm glad that you are a God who didn't just save us, and that's sort of the subjective truth, but because you lived here, you suffered like you did, you completely empathize, completely understand. It was your experience that you survived, that you were raised from the dead, that you um, had that strength is, is what gives us strength and hope. Because we have your spirit within us, those of us who call your son our savior and our leader. And so as, as tough as it is to let go of some things, even good things, things we would celebrate, we can't make any room in our hands for new things if we don't let them go. Help us to be wise in this season. Listen well to each other. Listen well to you in leading us. Help us to focus on the mission that you've given us, that is to share the gospel wherever we focus our attention, in the lives around us, in our communities, certainly, and wherever we might find ourselves otherwise. And now, including online. Father, prepare us for this season that we are entering. May we be excited about this adventure you have us on this road trip. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Blessing Cedar Valley. You can follow up this teaching time with group discussion whenever you're meeting. Um, and there are group discussion questions like this for your time together. And they'll be posted for you to uh, take a look at. God bless.